Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Now, alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we've got Coops. Hiya, Coops. How are you? Hello, I'm all right. How's yourself? Yeah, really good. Thanks. So we had a bit of a week, we a week off again because there just literally was no news to talk about last week that we hadn't already spoken about. So we thought we'd give you a, a week off and come back with a few more things to chat about, obviously, over the last couple of weeks. So you have you had a good couple of weeks since we last spoke? Yeah, I mean... Back to the daily grind of working, I suppose, after the festivities. Uh, I think Formula One sensed my frustration. There wasn't any news and thought, right, okay, <laughs> mate, not a bother. Here, we'll fling some of your way. Yeah. So, as you say, there's some some things that came out. And a bit of news that I think all three of us will agree came out a wee bit of left field, which we will soon get on We will. We'll get onto that. But we've got to introduce our other panellists today. And that's JR. Hiya, JR. How are you? Hey, everybody. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be back. Chomping at the bit, waiting for Drive to Survive and F1 to come back. Yeah, it's it's taken a long time, isn't it? What? How many days are we now to the F1 season? It's 48, 48 days to the race, is it? Something like that? I can't remember now. Yeah. Okay, we are Everything F1. And as you are fully aware, I'm sure, we are on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at the handle at JoinEF1. We are also on our website, at www.everythingf1.com and we would love it if you were to hit the subscribe button to our podcast to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop now let's talk about some of the news what news article caught your attention mostly this about past couple of weeks well i mean there's a couple there's the one that i mentioned in the intro let's do that was, let's let's, let's talk about that. that's okay, probably, right, probably well, the biggest well, one isn't it that's that's the big one so as you know just to, just at the end of the season uh, a wee bit of a surprise, but kicked off the silly season of team principals. Uh, Josh Capito and FX Dimension were relieved of their duties as team principal and chief designer, I think that is his title, Yeah, at Williams. Yeah. Williams are comfortably the t- team, 10th place team this season. This season just passed. Let, uh, let's call it what he was, last. They were last, yes. Yeah, 10th ten, ten sounds yes. like they're, they're in a better position than what they were. Yeah. They, they were last. So they, and I think that's the fourth time in five years they've been last. Uh, Not good. And the last time they didn't come last was because Haas didn't develop the car for the full year. <laughs> mm. So, and they had Mazepin driving the other car. So, yeah. <laughs> the Donaldson Capital, who are the investors who took over the team when the Williams family uh, passed the baton on, have clearly decided 
uh, it wasn't going the way it wanted to go. I think as once Capito left, there was a bit of discussion around. You know, there was there was a lot of people that left Williams probably to do with the way he was running it. They didn't like it. Things were going on a bit too much changing going on. Mm. Uh, so it went very quiet. The usual statement, you know, thanks to Jos Capito for the his you know thing to the team contribution uh, contribution contribution to the team, mm-hmm. and we'll get back to you, of course. Then nothing. Then all of a sudden, just last week, they announced that the head strategist of Mercedes and Total Wolves confidant, James Mills, is the new team principal. And everyone went, what? Wow. Big news, oh, that, yeah. Right. So he's yeah. never had a team principal job before. He's worked around uh, other teams. He's he, He's been at, well, he's been at Mercedes. Now, I didn't realise this. I was a... Uh, you know, doing a wee bit of research and listening to other podcasts and stuff. And I found out that he was actually part of the Mercedes during the last two years of Honda and then Braun and then Mercedes. Mm. So he's been there round about that whole time where Honda were awful. You know, they couldn't develop the car if they tried. Then they had the year with Braun when it wasn't very good at all. It was good in the sense that it won the race, but they couldn't develop and they couldn't expand and, do, and there wasn't any investment throughout the season is what I meant by that. And then, of course, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty well, bloody good good season for them, but yeah, they couldn't yeah. couldn't develop the car as quickly yeah, as other teams. Can, they can never get touched for the full year. I don't mm-hmm. think that's why they ever won up the second half of the season. But yeah, so you know, and then obviously we've seen how they how they've helped out over the course of the last decade or so with Mercedes. They've won a couple of races over the last ten years. But James Vols, obviously, in in a team principal role, he wasn't that before. He's very good though no. at kind of with his communication to the cameras. He does obviously these those debrief ones that they do within the week after the the race where they you know they they break down basically what happened during their race weekend what went right what went what went wrong and he's very confident and, and a good good speaker so i think he's going to have that as a benefit to him going into the season but i can't see him affecting the the build of this car he's obviously coming in at such a late date he's not going to have an effect on the actual you know construction of 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 2023 challenger for williams so he i can only see him as just a man manager this year. Can you, do you think anything different from that, Coops? Well, I think, you know, Andreas Stella, when he came into McLaren, he was given kind of free reign to go and say, right, figure out what our weaknesses are and come back to it. Stanley Doralton Capital haven't given him, because Jos Capito was in as team principal and CEO. James Wells is just the team principal and they're not yeah. looking for a CEO. So from, from the perspective of that, it looks like Doralton Capital or Doralton, just for talking's sake, are going to take a more hands-on role in a sense of they're going to be more visible uh, as a kind of upper management. Mm. But, uh, it look, to be honest, I think they've realised they made a mistake. They brought Josh Capito in. He's brought his guy in. It hasn't worked. They're bringing in somebody now. It's that... Did they give him enough time, Just? Well... They've invested money and it's not worked. They've went back. Mm. They were they were a wee bit further forward in terms of. I think they've lost about two tenths on average from last year to this year. So they went back the way, and you don't. Mm. The more you go back the way, the less money you're getting, and you don't want to end up just being perennial loser. And to go to Mercedes, because you know they would have went to James Wells and Mercedes and Total Wolf and asked. Could we have a word with him? You know, there's a very close relationship between the teams, anyway, isn't there? Between well, Williams yeah, and I Mercedes, mean, they, they know each other. Mercedes provide the the power unit, the gearbox. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Total Wolf would have thought it'd be quite interesting. You know, it'd be quite good to have one of our guys in that team. Not to say that 
he's going to bend over backwards to appease Mercedes. But, you know, there's still an ally there. It's a very, very political landscape within Formula One. Yeah, and if, if um, another know. if another Mercedes team is closer to the front of the grid, let's be honest, it looks brilliant for Mercedes as a brand. Looks brilliant from Williams to be back at the front because we want them yeah. back there. You know, everybody, everybody's got a soft spot for Williams. But yeah, yeah. In, in, ter- in terms of them going for James Wells, it's a, for me, it's good because for if Donaldson Capital weren't that interested, they'd hire somebody from within that we didn't know and they would just kind of, you know, call it in and, you know, maybe quietly try and sell it and, you know, move on. But they've went out and they've got a very, very intelligent, very well-respected man as you've kind of touched on, he's a good man, he's a good speaker, he's intelligent in terms of like how he's able to describe things and how he's able to work. It's all been glowing reports within Mercedes as a type of person he has to work with because he's, you know, mm-hmm. the head strategist or he was the kind of chief strategist at Mercedes. And you don't get you don't get the ear of Total Wolf without being good at your job. He's I mean, Total Wolf doesn't suffer fools easily or gladly or whatever the term is. So if you're your if you're total wolf's confidant, you're a, you're good at what you're doing. So yeah, it's all it's all that, good. That's so, those. Yeah, it's a very good appointment. I think. I was gonna I was gonna add that. I mean, he's he must be doing something right if he was the chief strategist at Mercedes. So it's I don't I don't think it's a a total loss. I mean, I'm sure the way Williams is looking at it is like you know, hey, this is a huge upgrade for us from where he was at to now he's with us. Hey. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Vals is going to have all that knowledge of how Toto's been doing the job for the last however long, 10, 10 years or whatever it was that he's been with the Mercedes team now. So he's been watching, he's been taking all that in. Williams will know that. And I'm sure it will have a positive impact on the team. And it means there's another experienced face as a team principal rather than, as I say, Just, I really enjoyed Josh Capito. I thought he was a really good talker. He brought a good personality to the grid. But he was from outside of the sport, Whereas James Bells is from the inside of the sport. He's been there. He knows how F1 runs a bit more. And I, I think it's probably going to be a good appointment for them anyway. But yeah, that news dropped last week. And after the first initial shock, I think people kind of came and said, actually, that's that's probably probably a very good signing for the Williams team. It's also a win-win for James Bells. Because if he goes to Williams and he fails, well, it was Williams. It was a mess. If he goes there and does really well, well done, you know. <laughs> well, you know, let's, let's sure. not forget the last Mercedes, last Mercedes team principal that went across to Williams, and and the shambles that happened because of that. Remember Paddy Lowe just a few years back, and <laughs> everything got pinned on him, and he was like, he was the devil to Claire Williams and Frank Williams, and yeah, how dare he come in and ruin it all? But see, he was yeah. he the team principal when he was there at that point, or was he like? Head designer or something, but he was high up. I mean, you saw that Netflix Drive to Survive where he's standing there and clear while you just didn't talk to him, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he might not have been principal because I think it was Claire that was 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 the actual principal, but yeah, I think yeah. he was he very much uh, he was the ne- head man for the car next in line, yeah, next in line basically. Was that the year uh, that the car didn't turn up for the first of the two days of testing? Yeah, and they didn't have all the parts and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he kind of deserved it. I mean, that's your job. Your job is to get the car there. Eh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not, he hasn't been in Formula One since, has he? He's not even been mentioned in the world of Formula One since he left that. No, he's, he's actually developing renewable 
fuels for aeroplanes because i've tried to contact him many a time to try and get him on the show but uh i'll keep i'll keep trying because i think that'd be quite an interesting conversation but yeah he's he's designs designing and creating synthetic fuels for aeroplanes yeah i saw i saw something about that on social media that's what he was doing now yeah so yeah well, i'll keep trying folks but paddy Lowell would be a good catch for us anyway let's move on to the next subject which jr did mention and i'm, well, I'm gonna go to straight to him first as a devastated yeah. formula one fan we're gonna have 28 days twice in this year where we're not gonna have a race yeah that's gonna happen twice in this season because china has dropped out obviously we knew that anyway but they were f- I'm in an R in about a replacement, and today it's been released that no replacement would be made. How do you feel, Jr? I think, like anybody else, if you're if you're a true F1 fan, I think it's the gap is between Australia and Baku, if I'm not mistaken, yep. and that's that's right at the beginning of the season. I mean, that's you know to to have a gap like that. I I, <clears throat> I can only pretend to understand the madness, the logistics that they have to deal with when they create a season for us and try to organize everything. But just from a fan standpoint, yeah, I mean, that's painful. It's painful enough to go through the gap that we have to go through now when the season's over and waiting for the new one to start. But 28 days right at the beginning of the season. And on top of that, there's no China when they were talking about definitely bringing it back and it wasn't just a pie in the sky idea that they were really figuring out how to orchestrate this and go back to that amazing track. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that Grand Prix. It's an incredible race. And to be robbed of it for, I'm sorry, how many years now? Three? 2019 was the last race. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, it kind of leaves you sitting back and wondering, I mean, are we, should we even mention it anymore? Like, should we even bring up? <laughs> the Chinese Grand Prix. And I, I don't want to say, you know, false news or anything like that. What is it? Is it because of the COVID restrictions that are still happening in China? Is that why? Yes, it's just due to the isolation periods beforehand and after the Chinese Grand Prix. Weird, weirdly enough, the provisional calendar was brought out and then everybody straight away went, China will go. Keep an eye on China. Mm. China. China then was or was going to be cancelled because, as you say, the COVID restrictions, which I think was that you had to spend five days in an isolation facility, then another four days at home if you caught COVID. And it was just impractical because if a couple of people were in the paddock got it, you could lose teams and stuff. It was just not going to happen. But interestingly enough, yeah. to put another spin on it, not that long after that, maybe a month or so after that, due to a bit of an uproar within the, you know, the kind of Chinese people, they then reduced all these lockdowns and pulled back all the kind of restrictions. Mm. The, up, the, the downside to that was the virus then was then able to have free reign because it was pretty much a free reign everybody else. But it's been kind of because in China they were very draconian. If one person in an apartment got COVID, that apartment was shut down. Mm. Uh, so it was, and then I think there was a fire there which killed some people because they'd actually locked doors and they weren't able to get out, which caused people to start. Eek. It was the only racetrack that when I was looking and I wrote a wee article about it and I was looking for a wee bit of research. And if you want to read the article, it's at everythingf1.com. The only other track Snood. that was really mentioned was, yeah, was was Portimao. It was the only one that was really talked about. And it was the only promoter that came out and said they could do it. The other what the other option was to bring back out back a week so that it wasn't going to be the double header with Miami and we we wouldn't have as long a a, a gap. However, the promoter wasn't keen on doing that, so it didn't happen. Hmm. But they, they didn't really chat 
Well, there was no public conversation with anyone else in regards to tracks and and things. So I'm not sure what the issue was with Portimao, whether they didn't have the money to provide it or whether it was logistical issues or or whatever it was, or maybe it was the time of year that they didn't want to go there, or I don't know. But 28 days, which is it's the second time I've had 28 days within a season, not including the winter break, you know, like a gap between mm. races, and it's not the actual shutdown. It's so, it's so painful. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have Bahrain, <laughs> then Saudi Arabia, then Australia, you're just getting into the swing of it, and then, no, go and sit down. 28 days. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to have to try and fill some content for those weeks as well, so we're going to be looking for some serious guests to kind of fill that gap, I think. So if you're listening to the podcast, guests, just call me up or send me an email. I'll, we'll, we'll have you on. I'm baffled by it, really. Like you say, it's a great track, China. We 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 all enjoy the race there. The fans are fantastic in China as well. It, 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 all, it always delivers a good race. Well, pretty much, pretty much always delivers a, a good race. And then to not be replaced by anything at all, you know, Turkey would have been a, a nice replacement. Yeah. You know, I, I really like Turkey, but obviously logistically anything. it was not possible, but, you anything. know. Anything, any replacement would have been, like I said, I emphasize the point. If you're if you're a true F1 fan, any race is a great race. It, so, okay, fine. China doesn't happen. Where yeah. are we going to go then? And for them to just throw in the towel and say, <laughs> ah, eh, let's 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 sit this one out. You know, let's let's no. God bless. There, no. there, there must there must have been other things. I'm sure they would have looked at it. Because it's, it doesn't look good even for Formula 1 at the start of the season. You want the momentum, you want that to keep going and then to stop for 28 days enforced. Right. Even for something like Formula 1, you don't want that. Mm. So they clearly have looked at it and just thought it would have to be logistics or you know that plus the money yeah. side. The money side's not a big deal because I think I've heard as well during the whole conversation about Andretti and Cadillac and things the anti-dilution fee that Formula One generated a revenue of five hundred million last year. Wow. And that's on top of, you know, other stuff. So that you know, they're doing well. You know, Formula One financially is a lot better place than it was. Uh, so you know, and during the COVID, you know, Formula One waived a lot of fees. You know, just for like, oh you can hold a race, right? You're in, you know. Yeah, like, we'll do it for do- free. You do too, right? Nibala, yeah. that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's exactly you know, what it was. But they, they, <laughs> they, 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 you know, bundled it together. So you the thought they'd have bundled <clears throat> some race in, but never mind, never mind. Let, let's let's move on because there's a story here that's going to. I think it's going to annoy Jr. But Hamilton <laughs> rumors are there's uh, potentially going to be a ten year contract. Now that's not ten years as a racing driver, but it's te- it's a ten year with Mercedes as a as an ambassador. A racing ambassador after he finishes <laughs> racing as well. So it's not as scary as it sounds when you say a ten-year contract, Jr. But he'll be around somewhere for a while, which will annoy you. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine because last night I commented on the EF1 site when I saw the story about that, and I'm not going to lie to you. When I first saw that, I think like many other people, I had to. I I did like a. I was like, what? <laughs> But then I read the article (laughs) and I was like, the first thing that popped into my mind was one, how wonderful Russell did last year, opposed to Hamilton's performance for whatever reason that may be. I don't want to 
get into speculations about all that, but Russell did fantastically. The numbers were just unbelievable compared to Hamilton, like I said, for whatever reason that may be. I honestly believe that now that they have Hamilton secured for this 10 years, an ambassador and so on, one team Mercedes is going to pour all their effort and energies into Mm. Russell. And two, now that they know that they have Hamilton secured for 10 years and he's making the money that he's going to make. And I've said this year after year, and I really regret saying it because every year Hamilton turns up to race for another (laughs) season. I still come back to the point he's done. Hamilton has achieved unbelievable success in formula one, whether you endorse it or don't endorse it, you can't take away what he's done. And the fact that he has done what he's done and now he's going to make what he's going to make. What is his motivation to continue to race after this season? After 2023 is over, my comment on the po- on the on our page was, I guarantee you after 2023, Hamilton's done because he can go do this now. That's yeah. it. That's my prediction. Well, it's it's been predicted for a while. I think Coops is probably on a similar level of view in terms of <laughs> thinking he's got one season left. I still think he's gonna stay for yeah. I think he's got two more years in him at least. I think he wants the eight. If Mercedes can give him a car, I think they'll give him the eight title. And and, and they, they might even argue, and they might even you know give a bit of team orders to to make sure he gets it. So therefore, George can then take take the reins the season <laughs> after he gets his eighth, and you know be the dominant force for Mercedes when he just becomes the ambassador. I can't argue with that, and you're and you're probably right, honestly, Tills, because it's it's I know. If you put yourself in Lewis Hamilton's shoes, you know, you know that's got to be eating at him to mm. go out the way that he did in twenty in twenty one, and all the uproar that that caused. To know that if he has eight, he will have he will have achieved what no other drivers achieved. He will beaten Michael Schumacher's record, and yeah, so yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that that is gnawing at him. But the way that he handles things in a very zen like manner, for the most part. I'm I'm sure he's found a way mm. to control that, but like, yeah, you know, you know that that's I think burning the next, away. At him. If he gets the next yeah. championship, or not necessarily this year, but if he gets the eighth championship at some point in the future, I think that will probably be his greatest sporting moment, and he will show the most emotion that he's ever shown from a championship because of what happened in the, in 21, and because yeah. obviously he will have beaten obviously Michael Schumacher to that. You know, it's going to be, and he, yeah. you know, I, I've been. You know, I am a personally, as a Brit, I'm a fan of Lewis Hamilton, not in terms of I'm not a fanboy. I don't, you know, love everything that he does. I think he wears <laughs> some very silly clothes and, you know, that, that those sorts of things. But, you know, I'm a fan of him as a driver and I've been looking at his yeah. socials and he is in the best physical shape that he oh, has the ever been. Jacked, the yeah. man is just, a, a, he's a beast. He's a machine. And that is, yeah. you know, if that can kind of translate into performance on a track this year could be another year for him but you know it's there's so many variables at this early stage in the in the season to, to kind of talk about that coops what were your thoughts on the 10-year deal for hamilton i mean ambassador it would make, role well it would make sense a <laughs> couple a couple more years and then be an ambassador ambassador for mercedes and roll, roll them out for the sponsors probably start about the silverstone grand prix or british grand prix do some stuff there 
do a couple uh, of laps around in a, in an uh, old W12 yeah. or W11, W whatever. Well, it would be, no, get him a Senna car because Senna was his idol. You know, get him a, a McLaren or something. Yeah. Fire yeah. him in one of them. Uh, yeah. no, it's got to be a Mercedes, amazing. though, isn't it? If he's a Mercedes yeah. ambassador. Yeah, but him and his old yellow helmet and the MP44 around Silverstone. I mean, come on. Oh, it would be good. Really? It would be good. Absolutely. Uh, it would be amazing. And that would be enough. Like, even though it's not, he's he's driving a McLaren and stuff like that, and he probably need to speak nicely to Zach Brown and say, "Mate, can we borrow that <laughs> <laughs> just for two minutes? Just running down the shop for some milk." Yeah, like don't break it. Right, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I have said in the podcast in the past that twenty twenty three would be his last year on the proviso if Mercedes gave him the same car as he did last year. If it's two, right. if it's the second year where he's sitting at the start of the season, fighting to get out of Q one and not making it, and really in a poor season. I mean, I think we knew by the end of the second race that Mercedes was not going to be in at that like in twenty twenty two. So if he ends up in a similar situation, yeah, yeah that's when, you know, that's when you know Hamilton will look and go, "Why am I doing this?" Mm. And he's already said, I think I'm sure I've heard, or maybe I'm making this up, that he wouldn't do a Kimi and just be driving for the sake of it. Yeah. You know, Hamilton just won't do that. He won't be able, he won't allow mm. himself to do that. If he's not got it or he can't get it, no. you know, to work, he'll move on. But on the addition to that uh, article about the 10-year, the potential 10-year deal, apparently... Yeah, it's, a ru- it's still a rumour at this point, but obviously it's, it's a very spe- strong rumour circulating yeah, it's now. very much speculated, but apparently on a couple of sites I've seen online... He's been offered a two-year race deal with reported sixty-two million Great British pounds per year. Wow, which is about <laughs> seventy million euros. Not sure what it is in JR money, but you're probably talking at <laughs> the guts of seventy to seventy-five million dollars there or thereabouts. It's it's rumours at this point. The rumour was over the ten years it was going to be four hundred million in total, making him the most well-paid sports personality. Or whatever. Consider the man's been getting forty million for the past decade, practically. You know, <laughs> I think when he rides off into yeah. the sunset, he's not going to be asking for a few dollars in his pocket anyway. He'll have the G- GDP of a very small country, won't he? He'll be pretty much. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have the money that he's made just from F one. All the endorsement <laughs> deals will provide him a lifestyle for the rest of his life. I will say this on one final point about Hamilton: if he does. And I think Coops, you just said this. If if you didn't, I guess I'm piggybacking on what you said. If if Hamilton does have a competitive car to where not just where he can square off with Max or whoever else might be up front, hopefully somebody else named Leclerc, <laughs> um, or or Science, if he has a competitive car and not just to where he can square up with everybody, but he's winning, Hamilton's no. not going to go anywhere. Absolutely, no, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to the... There's two small subjects to chat about, not really massive or worth labouring too much, but the quali format is going to have an experiment this year at a couple of races where it's going to be... They're going to be restricted to one tyre choice per set, per, per session. So quali one will have the hard, quali two will have the medium, and quali three will have the soft. And then if it rains, then they're, they'll be entitled to use whatever in, in the session. It... It's 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 in, in all in order to be as green as possible and use less tires throughout the weekend. I think they loot they they use about two tires less, two sets of tires less. 
So, I mean, across across 10 teams, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's 20 sets of tyres. But is it going to affect the race? I think so. I was just talking to my friend about this the other day who's over in the UK. I personally think, and I might be wrong, I don't know all the particular ins and outs, but I do know a little bit about race engineering. And the idea that in practice one, they're only allowed to use hards, you're not going to be able to really get a whole lot of info and hard data that you can use. I mean, yeah, once you get the hards good and warmed up and ran in, sure. I I, I mean, maybe, but I mean, you know, for years we've been used to, you know, before they took the ultra softs and the super duper softs away, you know, we were, we've been used to for years, you know, them being able to use whatever they needed to use and get this critical data that they need. And, and I don't know how much it's going to restrict them only being able to use hards and, 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 practice one p1 p2 p3 but i mean or i'm sorry in p1 but i don't know i guess we'll see we will we will see i i don't think it's a major change coops it's not going to change the the pecking order in in my in my kind of view but obviously saves on those tires to be a bit greener for the world well i mean i think that's why formula one are just doing i think it's three test events they're going to try this is it three or two? Yeah, I three or two, two. Yeah, it's not a lot. Maybe I wrote it down. And I think. Yeah, I think I saw it was three in the notes, but it could be two. They'll just do a couple, checking it out to see if it does any make a change. I mean, the only thing that will be interesting, you know, like what happened in the race for you know, I really don't want to bring this back up to Jay. I'll probably get PTSD. But when you look at Hungary <laughs> for Ferrari when they ended up using the hard tires and nobody else in the paddock touched the hard tire, <laughs> and every, even us, even as normal people that have no idea about Formula One, going we used it. You know, when you get to a track where a certain tyre just does not work, but you have to use it, mm. you know, you're talking about an element of driver skill to keep it on the black stuff, do you know what I mean, before you end up in the kitty litter. So <laughs> that could be interesting yeah. because it, you push hard on a, a hard tyre and the track's not suited to that tyre, it's not heating up, it's not got the, you know, yeah, it's it's not got the grip on it. I mean, that those tyres can throw off even the... The top one of your top line drivers, you know. I mean, mm. Hamilton's had the spins, Verstappen's not adverse to having the odd wee spin here or there. We've seen what's happened to Leclerc in 2022 a couple of times where he just loses the back end of the car and, you know, it's all she wrote. So potentially, if right. they pick yeah, it depends it right, on the track, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If the, if the circumstances are right, it could. But then, but then again, that's the same for any race in Formula One. If the circumstances are right, we have an issue, you know, something can happen in a sprint race and you're oh my goodness, what you know, look at what happened. The Haas was in Poland, Brazil, much to the chagrin of friend of the podcast, Sean Kelly, who's going, That's not Paul. Uh, <laughs> and he's probably sensed I've talked about it again and he's screaming at me because he, he's raging. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a stat thing. So yeah. It doesn't hurt the situation. It's either going to work and cause a wee bit of, oh, or it's just not going to do any, make any difference. And the same folk are going to be where they're supposed to be. You know, it would be interesting yeah. if it happens in one race and a Williams is sitting in third and you're like, okay. But <laughs> Williams might be up in third anyway. We don't know yet. Uh, we just don't know. It's no, just no, no, too no. early to tell. No, 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 no. <laughs> Come on. Come on, mate. Like, I know they're making a slight change to the technical rules to raise the right height to stop the porpoising, but that ain't going to make them turn into a rocket ship. Come on, lads. Uh... No. Well, it's a small change anyway, the quality rules, but you know, we thought we'd mention it to make sure obviously everyone was aware. The last story is about Toto Wolf saying, stating that Mick Schumacher 
might have to cut ties with the Mercedes to pursue an F1 career mm. similar to that of Nick DeVries. Now, when they hired Mick, I thought something very similar, to be honest with you. I thought there is no real space for him at the moment, especially for the next couple of years, I because I you know, believe Hamilton will be there for two, at least two more years. So is Mick going to be, wanna be pay, going to want to be that patient and wait as a, a development driver, as a you know reserve driver, I'm not sure. I think maybe if Audi want him, I think that's going to be a, a good seat for him in the future, poten- potentially in 2025 no, or I, six I, when the ch- rules change. 26. or whatever. 26. Audi 26. will take Lando Norris. Well, this again, this is another rumor going around because Andreas Seidel's gone across to, to obviously to, to head the Sauber Audi partnership yes they're gonna it's gonna tempt over lando norris like it's well, all speculation at this point i mean it, it, is, it, it is it is all speculation but it fits andrew seidel know how, how to work andrew seidel was very much prominent in getting lando norris in the mclaren car if audi are going to be yeah. perceived to be a serious contender and lando norris we would like to think isn't going to go off the boil that much that you would you know you would be off formula one by in the next three years his contract finishes at the end of 2025. Mm. You know, maybe it, it kind of the stars you would want, you would understand that move. Massive speculation at the moment, though. Massive, massive speculation. Oh, oh, uh, that... A lot of things are speculation, but you know, yeah. in certain, there's certain things you look at, like, you know, as much as it would make sense for Hamilton to get a 10 year deal, do we think it's probably going to happen? Probably not. But Norris going to an Audi outfit. Run by Andrea Seidel makes more sense. Yeah, but again, Al- still, uh... Audi being a German manufacturer wanting a German person in their set, they love that. They love that sort of stuff yes, over in but Germany. Are they going to put somebody in there who's as slow as Mitch Schumacher probably is? I don't think they want. They've said they want to be racing competitively within three years of hitting the grid. And if Mitch yeah. Schumacher hasn't developed the way they expect it to be, they ain't going to be doing that. So. No, you need to put you need to put Mick Schumacher in something other than a Haas for him to develop. Yeah, I'm no, sorry, true. that's just that's just my opinion. I, I mean, I'm I'm biased because not just because of his last name, <laughs> but I mean, I, I obviously wanted, and I still do want the best for Mick Schumacher. But yeah, I would I could totally see Mick going to Audi, and and I hope he does. I hope he I hope he it has a chance to make a name for himself because I, I had I had this debate with one of my friends is. You know, Mick really didn't have a chance to shine at Haas. I'm mm. sorry. It just wasn't it just wasn't in the cards. And I really did I really truly believed that after this season, even though he didn't have a wonderful performance, given the equipment that he was in, and yes, he did make some mistakes. He broke the car in half at one track and I think it was Saudi Arabia. And if he was in some different equipment and had some better teacher maybe some better schooling or or a, a something along those lines i think i think mick would have a chance to really shine because i mean because you look at what he did in formula two before he came to f1 i mean he was crushing it in mm. formula two so. yeah but i suppose in comparison to his teammate though he he wasn't and they both had the same car i know it, it's all it's all it's all irrelevant right i guess no, really yeah. until we see what happens with him in the future but has has mixed days behind the wheel of a formula one car been been and gone i i don't know i i, I think audi might take him i, I mean to be to be i, blunt, I mean schumacher didn't qualify in four at all during his formula two career. I don't think he even qualified in the front row. Uh, and 
so you kind of put twist the knife out even more. Mazepin did. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like in 2022, Gene Haas told Mick Schumacher, don't break the car. And in Saudi Arabia, he turned it into Swiss cheese. And then <laughs> in Monaco, he split yeah. it in two. And then at the, the end of practice, he binned it in Japan. He was... Yeah, I think financially he was the most expensive driver because of accident damage in the grid. And he was told not to do it at the start of the season. I mean, if you're told by your boss not to crash your car and cost me millions of pounds worth of damage, you don't crash the car and cost millions of pounds worth of damage. <laughs> uh, you know, it's easier said than done. When you're fighting at the back and there's always people in front of you. He's on the uh... same grid as Yuki Sonoda and he knows how to crash a car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so come on, but you know, I mean, he's in the best possible place. He's going to be in Mercedes. They have top line, you know, simulators. He's, he's yeah. got the best kit to get out there and do some FP1 work. He's got two no, fantastic drivers to to kind of copy and and look at setups and help them with that sort of thing. Get, kind of take their lead. It's going to be. I, I think it's good, a good place for him to be there at, at the Mercedes, and that's probably why I think Audi might take him, even as a second person, second driver. And you've also there. got to remember, you know, Total Will can open some doors for other potential series. You know, I, mean, I know he's a big fan of the Renault Clio Cup. We all know that. So <laughs> take him in there for a few laps. You know, so you know it, it might be. I think. I mean, we we put a post up with a quote in regards to you know what Total Will said about Mick, and a lot of people say, "No, it's terrible," but I think. You know, Total Wolf is, is very good friends with Hamilton. Uh, and and even though it's not officially been announced, clearly he knows what Hamilton's intentions are about the length of time he's staying. George Russell's going nowhere anytime soon. So, you know, in terms of a Formula yeah. One seat with Mercedes, it's probably not going to be on the cards in the next three or four years. You know... You know, we know Albon's a safe pair of hands. You know, Logan Sargent's a bit of an unknown quantity, so potentially could end up there if in a couple of years. I don't see it because it's not, you know, but, you know, there's a lot of other racing to do. Could we see Mick Schumacher jump over to Indy, do some work over there and come back? IndyCar is a viable option these days, especially for European-based drivers. You know, Callum Eilert's moved over there. Roman, it's not yeah, quite... Marcus Ericsson. Yeah, Ericsson. You know, and if you go further afield, Takuma Sato's carved out a very good and a very uh, impressive career winning the Indy 500 as well in his time. So, mm. you know, IndyCar, and it's only going to get from strength to strength. IndyCar is not looked down upon as much by drivers. Still is by the FIA when you look at the Colton Hurt Super License issue we had last year. Yeah. Uh, I think you can get more super super license points in Formula Two or Formula Three than you do one in Indica. It's just, just wrong. Mm. It's just, it just shouldn't happen that way. But you know, that is what it is. It's political and whatever. Uh, but you know, Formula One isn't the end of not doing well in Formula One isn't the end of someone's career. I think it's highlighted more because it's Mick Schumacher. Yeah. If it's not That's Mick true. Schumacher, it's not as big a deal. And you know, and it and it must have cut when Ferrari have went, hmm, now nah, we're done. Uh, <laughs> wait, it was a bit unceremonious. They were just like, yeah, we're done now. End of the season, catch you, son. Probably stand there going, but my dad, like, yeah, we know. Catch you. Yeah, we, we thank, we're we thankful to you, Dad. Yeah. Sadly, you are, not, you are not him. But was he ever going to be? Yeah. Yeah, it was a very, very hard, very big boots he to fill. He was never going to fill those boots. And I always thought that he was going to come onto the grid and regardless of what he did, he was not going to achieve anywhere close to what his dad did. He just wasn't. 
Even, but it would have been nice even if he'd got you know a couple a couple of wins. I think that would have been you know enough. Yeah, that would have appeased a lot of fans to see MSC on a on a top step of a podium or even a second or third. You know that. I, I, I think there would have been tears for, from a lot of people. No, I would, I, uh, yeah. I would have, <laughs> JR included. Yeah. I would have been going on about how the <laughs> hell did a Haas get in the top step? And I'd be like, did the trucks get lost? Did they send them to the wrong hey, track? What do we do? They have you every know? opportunity in a budget budget cap era and the, the, yeah, and a brand spanking new set of rules to produce an even car, especially with the factory right next to Maranello. They had every opportunity to 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 put that car in the right yeah. place. Unfortunately, they just didn't. So the, the it wasn't a, it wasn't a pipe dream for them to perform a bit better. Yeah, the unfortunate thing for Mick Schumacher is that this year, Haas are going to reach the the cost cap because of their new sponsorship. So they now have the development opportunities. And they, mm. they developed a very good car because, well, let's face it, they spent about three years designing it and ignored the cars they were driving. So, you know... And they've now got the opportunity to develop it higher. But, you know, when you've got the extra wind tunnel this time, you've got a bit extra money and you've got somebody who's very technically astute in Nico Hulkenberg sitting there and pretty cheap. You look at Nico Hulkenberg and you look at Mick Schumacher, he was never going to stay. And I think there was a lot of issues behind the scenes with, you know, the entourage around Mick Schumacher. And I think they were very guarded of them and stuff like that, which kind of rubbed a few people up the wrong way. Uh, I think, mm. not to the extent of the Mazepins, but a similar sort of vein, it was that like you can't be critical of him. Like, well, you can. He's just cost me $5 million because he binned it. <laughs> like, I'm allowed to be annoyed, you know? So th- there was probably a bit more to it. And I think when you've got someone like Total Will, who will keep an eye on you and look after you. And if as long as he's seen that you're doing the things he wants you to do, He's a powerful man. If he can send your agent in the right direction to get you some races, you know, maybe some world endurance championship stuff, maybe some, you know, some other, you know, IndyCar possibly. I don't know how far Total Rules reach is in regard to IndyCar, but, you know, you can certainly get... Formula E, maybe. Well, no, because Mercedes are... Now, they, haven't got, they haven't got a yeah. team, but they've still got, they'll still have connections there. I mean, you know... Well, yeah. the, the problem with Formula E is it's a very different situation. Look at Giovinazzi. He went in there and was awful. You know, a lot of guys, Massa went over to Formula E in the early, when he left in the earlier days of the Formula E kind of situation and didn't really do much. He didn't set the, you know, the the, the, the world alight. It's a very different type of racing, uh, which shows you how talented a racer like the is when he goes over there and wins mm. the championship and then, you know, jumps into the car like he did last year. So, you know, it's... This is the make or break, I think, for Mick Schumacher. I think if he, you know, he goes back, it's a bit it like it's, it's a similar kind of trajectory to Ricardo, but in different years. You know, Ricardo, this is his year to take his time. Other things will work out for him or not. Same with Mick Schumacher. You know, if you don't see him on the track in the next year or two, I don't think he'll ever come back. I don't see it. People are still grabbing okay. onto that fantasy that they'll bring Vettel out of retirement when now they turn up. <laughs> Vettel will be away well, doing his own thing and looking after his kids. He'll not be back. Well, I said that. I said that last year. I, I more than once I said out loud, his last name is not no. going to keep saving mm. him. 
I was like, Mick Schumacher needs to perform. He needs to, regardless of what equipment he was in, you know, in F2, he got what, 11, 11 podiums and three wins in Formula One. I think his best finish was 16th. Mm. And that was after everything else Coops just mentioned, breaking the car in half a few times and, you know, whatever the case may be. I understand Zeal gets a hold of you and you know you need to perform and you're taking risks with the car, but then also comes into that too. <laughs> Are you also doing what you're being asked to do? And like I said a second ago, his last name is not going to continue mm -hmm. to save him. And when I heard he was coming over and he was going to be Mercedes reserve driver right off the bat, I was like, well, that's not going to do anything <laughs> for you. Well, I, uh, he'll get to drive in a few like, cars at some exhibitions, and you'll see MSC on the car when they when he's doing those exhibitions. And obviously, it will draw people back to when Michael Schumacher drove for Mercedes in those last few years as a Formula One driver. Right. Romanticism, maybe just a bit of marketing, that sort of thing. That's all it was really going to lead yeah. to. I don't think it's going to lead to a race, race seat anywhere near even, Mercedes. I don't know if he even qualifies for that, Ricky. You know the thing with the birds yeah, to do there so. because he's raced for he's two, done two years. seasons now. Yeah. So yeah. it's only so many races that you can race before you're no longer classed a rookie. So in terms of meeting that quota, you know they needed a reserve driver get because a, get a seat in the car. They needed to. They needed a reserve driver Mercedes anyway because they'd lost Nick De Vries. Uh, you know I don't think I can't yeah. remember if there was anybody else that was on the you know even on the list. Uh, so. In terms of even for a for a one season development reserve driver, fair enough. I why not? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. For Mar it, it, it's a marketing thing, I think, for for Mercedes, so that they don't they're not really too fussed about it. But you know, they, it'll look well, good I to, mean, <laughs> to, spon to sponsors in and around Germany. I suppose you can look at it read between the lines. Mercedes sign him a month later. Total will saying we may have to let him go so we can get a career. Yeah, it's a bad year. Okay, you can read between the lines of things. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not long term in this car, son. Uh, uh, all right, but you know, spy, well, look pretty in your Mercedes T-shirt. You're all right, you know. So, well, that's the all the all the subjects that we need to really kind of discuss. It's been good chatting to you. Obviously, it's been a couple of weeks since we have chatted. We will be back next week where we have got a very special guest. We have got. Mark Blundell coming on to the podcast, which is a fantastic catch for us. We're really looking forward to chatting Ooh. to him. So that'll be live next week. So look for that on your favorite podcast streaming service. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to make sure you get that in your earlobes as soon as it drops. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much us for this week. We are Everything F1. You can find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. From every single day, we're going to post articles, news, uh, stories whatever whatever there is we, we're posting loads of sort of stuff on there on our socials as well and, and at join f1 on facebook twitter instagram and youtube and of course as i've just mentioned please hit the subscribe button on your podcast streaming service coops you've got one last thing to say yes can i just send my thoughts and love to jenny gow who last week suffered a serious stroke jenny gow is uh, one of the main a journalist with BBC she put out a tweet to say that she'd suffered a serious stroke which has affected her speech and mobility so sending her love hello to that family to the Gow family and to Jenny and hoping wishing for a speedy recovery and hope to see her back in the paddock sooner rather than later and we echo that for the whole of Everything F1 and I'm sure you all do too so we have been Everything Absolutely. F1 I've been James Tiller we've had Coops thanks very much for coming to chat to us today Coops Thank you. 
And thank you to our American friend, JR. <laughs> thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Had a great time. This has been the Everything F1 podcast. We'll speak to you. Well, we'll speak to Mark Blundell next week for your listening pleasure. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.